What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the New Perceptions podcast. This is me, Ben Brown, your host, and this is season two. It's been a while since I've spoken into this mic, and honestly, I'm feeling really good about it. I've got a lot to say. I've got a lot to share about. I'm feeling like now is the time for more of my voice, our voices, to come online. So this is a manifestation of that. To share some perspectives, have some conversations. You know they're out there, don't you? To ask some questions and to examine some potential answers about healing, life, existence, and to philosophize and certainly accommodate some serious, deep rabbit hole exploration. I really think you're going to enjoy this first episode. I hope so. It's a a solo podcast. And as with all my solo casts, I share some vulnerable stuff regarding my own human experience, my emotions, things I've been moving through, healing journey, inner work, health, consciousness, a blend of the usual topics that I'm interested in, plus some global narrative shit and my opinions around what's happening in the world right now. But before we get started, I've got some really exciting news. My website is up and running, a new website. Head to benjam.uk, benjam.uk, to see it. Browse the shop. I have some photographic prints for sale. You can subscribe to my email newsletter if you wish to stay up to date with things. Um, Yeah, so go and peruse that at your leisure. I'm also, second thing, I'm also so, so proud and excited to announce our first ever podcast sponsor, aside from the heroic Patreon community that I have. Shout out, big love to you all. That's right, this podcast is sponsored by myonlinetherapy.com, who have recently launched an amazing service and an app to go with it called Self-Care. Now, before I talk about this anymore, I just want to make it really clear that any sponsors or partnerships that I have with any of my content, I really, it's very important for me that they align with my core values and my core beliefs around this content that I'm creating being in some capacity of service to those who consume it. And I want the sponsors and the partners that are involved to do exactly the same thing, to be in alignment with the intention of this, of these frequencies. I want it to be helpful. I want it to have a positive impact. So myonlinetherapy.com has been the perfect first introductory sponsor for this podcast. And I've been waiting and saying no to several other sponsors because it hasn't felt quite right. But this one is perfect. It's a perfect fit. I'm a huge advocate of therapy. I, it took me a until my 30s to realize the true benefits of going to therapy and asking for support. And it's literally been the biggest life changer. And I'm not gonna talk too much about my experience with therapy or therapy specifically. Right now I wanna speak about the app and the service called Self Care because it's a game changer. The Self Care app is pocket-sized therapy on your phone, created by a team of psychologists to support all of us who are doing this work to grow to take care of ourselves, to heal. And this app helps to remind us that we are our own top priority. We we must put ourselves first, often. That's the self-care way. 
And by really making the commitment to doing this work, to loving ourselves, we're not only improving and upgrading our own lives and our own human experience, but also that has a ripple effect to all of those lives who are in immediate contact with us. We have a positive influence on them. And then who knows how far out that reaches. And then multiple generations of positive influence comes from us doing this work which is why it's so crucial that we support ourselves in this journey and make use of the tools like self-care. So uh, as you can tell, I'm stoked that this app exists. I've been using it for a few weeks now and it really reminds me that this is such a fucking amazing time to be on earth. There's so much supportive technology around us for our development, for our evolution, our growth and our expansion. And the self-care app really offers Audio exercises is the main thing. It's got audio exercises and courses written by clinical psychologists proven to relieve stress within minutes. The audio courses are designed also to support our personal growth as we work on improving ourselves. And there's even a check-in section where you can take a moment to reflect on your mood and how you're feeling, reflect on some anxious thoughts, daily or weekly check-ins to keep tabs on your mood, depression and anxiety levels. So you can kind of monitor that. And there's also an immediate relief section. You can listen to clinically proven exercises designed to provide immediate relief from difficult thoughts and feelings. Amazing, I've used that a couple of times recently. All of the exercises in the app are real life therapy skills and techniques designed to bring about lasting change. They are written by psychologists and firmly rooted in evidence and research. Similar to some of the exercises you might do in a session with a therapist. However, this is not a replacement for therapy. This might well actually be a really beautiful introduction into this kind of therapeutic work and also a much, much more affordable one. This is a premium app, which means you will need to subscribe to get access to all of the content but I do have a 20% discount code for you, which I'll share with you in a minute. All of this content and the check-in section is also available on the website. It's not just on the app. So you go to myonlinetherapy.com and you'll see a self-care tab at the top and you can sign up. When you sign up, just enter the code BENJAM, B-E-N-J-A-M, all capital letters and you'll get 20% off, plus two weeks for free. So it's a 14 day trial then normally it's 49.99 pounds gb pounds but with the 20 percent off that's roughly 40 pounds divide that by 12 you're looking at like three pounds 33 per month which is super affordable i've been using this app alongside my usual bi-weekly therapy sessions and honestly it, it's so affordable and such an incredible tool for helping the continuation of the growth that I'm experiencing through therapy. I really recommend it. And if you can't afford therapy or you're not sure about it, this is the place to start right here. You can start to understand how the thing works and start to tap into some of these tools and gain the benefits from this work without taking the step into therapy. If you're not quite sure yet, this could be a really good introduction for you. Now we know that the brain can be rewired. Neuroplasticity, I'm sure is a term that you've heard about, basically means that our brains can change and adapt, which means we can unlearn familiar behaviors. 
or familiar reactions or responses. We can also strengthen the neural networks in the brain to create new responses and situations. We can create new habits through repetition, of course. And that's why it's so valuable to have support like this in our pockets on our phones. We don't have to wait for the next therapy session to do this work. We can chip away at it consistently with repetition. That's how we really make lasting change. We can use this toolbox to strengthen the process of this work that we're doing, build new, healthier ways of coping and responding to life's inevitable challenges. Over time, we can build these new skills and these new responses with repetition and build these new, healthier ways of responding to life, which ultimately in the brain builds up and strengthens these neural networks of these new skills. It's incredible. It's super exciting because then this new response to life, a healthier response, will become our brain's go-to approach. It will just become autopilot for us. We can create new, familiar, more healthy ways of navigating through life. This is when the work really becomes actually life-changing. I can't, I can't speak for it highly enough. This is an incredible tool. So head on over to myonlinetherapy.com, check it out. There's a tab at the top called self-care. And if you want to sign up, use BENJAM, all caps, B-E-N-J-A-M, to get 20% off your yearly subscription, which makes it like £3.33 per month. It's super good value. Go check it out. And now, on with the podcast. What's good, soul family? Welcome to another podcast. My apologies, or rather, thank you for being patient with me whilst I have uh, taken quite a large break between the last podcast I've recorded. I have actually recorded a couple of podcasts, but um, on editing them and on reflection of them, they haven't been infused with quite the loving energy that I uh, want to bring forth in this content. And in all my content actually moving forwards, I feel like um, I want to, I can do a better job of remaining heart-led, led from my heart um, and more loving. And uh, especially with some of the topics that I'm wanting to be talking about in this podcast and in the ones that haven't gone out. I don't think they'll ever go out, to be honest. It's not that I've been getting hectic in them. Um, it's just I think I can be doing a better job of being a bit more gentle uh, with myself and um, with others and yeah just as we navigate and uh, I and I want to share my opinions on very all of these emotionally charged topics or some of these emotionally charged topics that we um, and these challenges that we are facing right now as a as humanity moves through this crazy time um, on earth right now and I'm smiling as I say that because I'm microdosing at the moment. <laughs> but also I'm smiling because um, I have done the crying. I've done a lot of tear shedding recently. And I've felt all sorts of emotions um, recently for all sorts of reasons. And some of those reasons are 
going to be highlighted, I suppose, in this podcast. So this is a podcast that is like a, obviously a solo podcast. I have plans to um, bring guests onto this podcast for this sort of second season, I suppose, um, which I'm really excited for because I, when I get confident about something, it, I almost sound like I am qualified to be speaking about it, especially since I've been um, been better recently at sort of picking up new bits of language and I have new words to use, which make me feel like or sound like I know what I'm talking about. But ultimately, I'm an ape. I'm a monkey. I, <laughs> I'm not super intelligent. I'm not super. No, I, I'll take that back. There is a super intelligence within me that is bringing me to life, but I am also a human being. I am. I haven't been to school. I never went to university. And yeah, I, I suppose on paper, I'm not really qualified to talk about anything really other than vlogging, a bit of photography, and I can speak at length about how to make a kayak go fast, efficiently. Kayaking technique, anybody need? Any advice around that? I got you. Um, but especially on these these topics of health and fitness and mindfulness and spirituality and anything really that outside of photography, filmmaking and kayaking, I'm, I'm just speaking to really my experiences and sharing those experiences, knowing that they are imperfect and um, it doesn't in, I don't want to be invalidating anybody else's experiences. Um, but I feel like this is a time on earth right now where we need to be using our voices. <sighs> Taking deep breaths and speaking from the heart and speaking about what's true for us and sharing, knowing that we're going to get some things wrong. And um, I look back even, I look back on my life and the amount of times that I've made such brash statements about things that I look back on. I'm like, fuck, I was so far off the mark with that. Obviously, I'm trying not to be off the mark. I'm trying to be on the mark as possible. But inevitably, there are going to be things that are said um, that um, might not be accurate, or we, we might discover that that was wrong in the future. But I'm not going to let that get in the way of me speaking to things. But with that being said, I'm also not holding on to being right about everything, which is part of the heart-led version of myself that wants to come through in this content is to be like, look, I don't know about a lot of this shit. And I'm not pretending that I fucking know. I just want to speak about it and share my perspective or my perception or this new perception um, around this topic. So... Oh, I'm going to take a deep breath. You're welcome to join me on this deep breath. I'm going to take another one because that felt so good. Okay. When I'm taking these deep breaths, it's just a really direct and quick way to get in my body and out of my mind. Just dropping into the body again. Get overexcited about some of the things I'm speaking to because I'm passionate about them. And I get anxious too. There's a thin, there's a thin line between excitement and anxiety. 
I get anxious because I'm like, oof, some of these topics. And what if I'm wrong? What if I'm right? What if I plant a seed in someone to simply ask a question that is needed or give someone permission to also speak about something or have a conversation about something that is very important? Lots of good things can come from using our voice. And so here I am recording it because I don't just want to be speaking about these things. I want to be embodying them too. And so this is me being fucking brave and, yeah, speaking to my experiences of late, which is why I started this podcast in the first place, to be honest. New Perceptions podcast is literally about me having these new outlooks on things, learning new things and having to unlearn old things. Okay, so (laughs) this season of life on Earth... What a crazy one. Uh, things are things are really... The heat is being turned up. Things are getting crazy out there um, on the world stage. The energy right now is palpable. It's potent. It's transformative. It's frightening. It's confusing. It's deluded in a lot of ways. It's also very fucking sharp and focused and clear and cutting... There's a lot being jumbled up and mixed into the soup of human experience right now. I think it's different for everybody. The compassionate part of me is like, my experience is not everybody else's experience. What I see is not what everybody else sees. What I believe is true for me is not what everybody believes is true for them. But I don't want my beliefs or my opinions to separate myself from others or separate others from me. And that's kind of the theme of this podcast as well. Um, So how I'm feeling today, I'm feeling as a check-in, I'm feeling energized, I'm feeling calm, I'm feeling quite present, quite grounded, I'm feeling peaceful and optimistic in this moment. And I'm also proud of myself for hitting record and doing the thing um, that I've been putting off. Um, But how have I been feeling over the last month or two? It's not always like this. Uh, Certainly a bit all over the place, actually. Often ungrounded, uh, busy in my head, in my mind, um, getting caught in my thoughts neglecting my mindfulness practices like meditation, breath work, Um, feeling quite detached a lot of the time when things feel too much, um, something, a response that I have to life feeling overwhelming is that I just switch off and I detach from my body and detach from my emotions and I detach from my experience. And that's, that's been something that I've learned that I've learned actually I've been detaching detaching from the present moment as a as a response to feeling very anxious quite often in ner- in uh, social situations as well which is why i so often forget people's names but in social situations i kind of go into this mode sometimes and i'll meet people and just play out this role but my i'm i'm not all there i'm not 100% there and i don't 100% remember people's names if i'm not there anyway I've also been feeling fucking angry. I've been feeling fucking sad. 
I've been feeling disappointed and let down. I've been feeling like a victim recently. I've been recognizing all of these feelings come through me. So yeah, this is the mixed bag of my experiences lately. And I'm not going to label them as good or bad. This is just how it is. This is, this is all part of my human experience. I'm not going to judge it as should or shouldn't be. I'm just seeing how it is. I'm just witnessing myself move through these different experiences, these different textures, as one of my teachers says. These, these emotions that move through us, they're really just, they're textures. We like to say, oh, that's depression, that's anxiety, that's this, that's that. Um, put them into a category so we can understand them, which is important for using language to communicate how we're feeling so others can also empathize and help us. Super important. But also it's just a texture and there's nuance between all of these. There's combinations and these emotions that are coming through us. They are messengers. It's our body telling us something. And it's difficult sometimes for me to remember that these emotions are messages. My anxiety is trying to tell me something. My depression is trying to tell me something. The depression or the anxiety, not mine or necessarily because that would be attaching myself to it that would be saying like i'm depressed i'm anxious no i'm feeling depressed or i'm feeling anxious or i'm feeling angry or i'm feeling sad or i'm feeling ecstatic i'm feeling so happy i'm feeling light and full of joy these are experiences they're not who we are i think it's really important <clears throat> something I'm reminding myself in this moment. It's not and not get too attached to these emotions, I think. Especially when we spend, for me, I have spent a fair amount of time feeling depressed in my life. And until I learned that that doesn't mean that I am depression, it's, it's quite easy to be like, oh, that's who I am. Because it feels like it's everything doesn't feel like I can separate myself from that emotion or that feeling. But really I'm the, I'm the consciousness, the awareness that is the truth of who I am. The, I like to say, <clears throat> a lot of people like to say that the soul or the higher self or the, the capital S self, the divine self, as opposed to the ego story that is a, a story of Benjamin and all the things I've done. That story is a story and it's not who I am as the conscious witness of my experience. So when I, be when I put myself in the experiencer or the witness seat, it's like I'm taking a, um, it's like I'm sat in a row slightly further back and I'm witnessing the body have the emotion move through it, and then I'm like, oh, this is what I'm experiencing, it's not who I am. So this is a reminder, um, if you, in case you needed it, to, to know that you are not your emotions, you are not your thoughts, you are not your mind, you are not your body, you are not your achievements, you are not your failures, you are not your relationship. You are not your family. These are all just experiences that you're having in this round of being a human. <laughs> Which is quite, for me, 
to begin with is like half completely daunting because for my whole life I've thought, oh, I'm pretty sure this is who I am. And then now I'm like, okay, I'm the witness of all of this. I'm having these experiences, but I'm not them. And it's kind of a relief. So, okay, that's cool. I don't have to carry them with me as if they are me, especially failures, I find. I've, that's what's been coming up for me a lot recently is like, oh man, I'd wish I'd, I wish I'd said yes to those six figure um, sugary drink and chocolate advertising campaigns that were offered to me in my, the peak of my YouTube career, where if I'd taken all of those, if I'd taken up all of those um, offers and sold sugary drinks and chocolate to my audience, I would be able to buy the land that I want now and build the house that I want to do and live out my dreams. And so I put myself into this victim mode where I'm like, oh, I should have done that. And then, and I should be here by now instead of where I am. So it's a lack of acceptance too. And yeah, just this feeling of um, attaching to this uh, outcome as a failure and that it being my fault and that there's nothing I can do about it and forever more I will be holding myself accountable to all of the failures and that from now on my life could have been a different way had I just done things slightly differently and of course that's no way to live <laughs> I don't want to be waking up every morning thinking or believing that things could have been a different way um, or sh rather should have been a different way. Certainly they could have been a different way. I take full responsibility for my choices that I made that have got me to where I am. And that's powerful. That's very empowering to take responsibility and say, okay, I could have taken those brand deals. I could have made that money. Who knows? I could have done that but I didn't and I chose, I made that choice consciously or unconsciously taking responsibility for it rather than being the victim and saying, I, being the victim of that choice and saying I should have done and then living in with some kind of regret, which of course is futile because um, what can I do about the past? Fuck all. I can either bring it with me and drag it like some big heavy sack of shit over my shoulder <laughs> Or I can like put that sack of shit down, maybe put some big rubber gloves on and wade through the shit and pull out the little gold nuggets that are in there, the little bits of wisdom of what I've learned. It's like, okay, here's what I've learned from my past. And now I can take all the little nuggets of gold out of, out of the shit bag and leave the rest of the shit, which is basically basically made up of like shame and guilt and regret. Take those lessons because they're the golden nuggets. Let's come back to emotions because what's been real for me lately is anger. I want to focus on anger for a moment. And I know that I'm, I'm not the only one who's been feeling this very potent, highly energized emotion. I just want to speak to uh, my experience and what and kind of share what it's been teaching me I've been learning from this anger because it's such a potent and powerful emotion there's a lot of energy behind anger and it needs to be expressed and it needs to be released it wants to be released 
And I've certainly only just started to really tap into this anger sort of over the last couple of years. And I'm 35. Of course, most of us are sort of, we're socialized and programmed to repress our anger and not express it. Children are taught that expressing anger is a really bad thing to do. And then adults like me then go about their life holding on to years of unexpressed frustration that I've sort of collected over the years from the inevitable pain and challenges of just having a human life, being a human. It's inevitable that we're going to feel anger and frustration. So we're collecting it up, collecting it up. And then by the time I get to adulthood, I'm like, fuck, I've got a whole nother bag of shit. I'm carrying all this anger and this frustration because I didn't feel safe to express it because we are socialized and conditioned into believing that um, anger is dangerous and that we become a danger. And the only thing dangerous about anger is when it comes out sideways in an uncontrolled way projected at something or someone unsafely. I'm sure we've all been in those situations, either on the receiving end or participating in a, an exchange of road rage or just having someone in our field, in our close proximity, who is raging and they're raging about something and you know the thing that they're raging about isn't the root of the anger. The anger is just a lifetime of frustration, a lifetime of feeling like a victim. And of course, when this anger wants to be expressed or comes up, it can be anything can sort of trigger it, right? And it's we have to take responsibility for that emotion as well. We have to take responsibility for it and express it in a way that is safe so that we don't carry it with us, ready to pull out at any moment when we might get triggered by something. The side note to this for me is like there's there's a lot of um, evidence, so-called alternative thoughts around um, suggesting that most diseases are actually physical manifestations of unexpressed emotional pain or just unexpressed emotions, full stop, sadness, anger. Now, this makes a lot of sense to me um, for a number of reasons. And, and so I continue to honor these feelings and feel these feelings rather than avoid them. Although I, I still do a very good job of avoiding them. I'm learning. I'm still learning that they, it's safe to feel my feelings. And this is me unlearning this childhood programming of don't express yourself you're embarrassing me, anger is bad, control your emotions, boys don't cry, all of that bullshit. I'm still learning that it's safe for me to actually express myself emotionally. And yeah, I'm, I'm a fucking master at numbing myself too. I'm a master at avoiding these feelings. I'm a master at busying myself or yeah, finding ways to try and control my emotions, control myself into a space of joy um but 
that really is coming from this fear that I have of my own emotions. Like when you're frustrated and expressing anger, it's fucking scary. It can be really a scary emotion to be embodying because it feels like I'm out of control when I'm doing it. So it's really important that we, we find ourselves in spaces that are safe to express the, the, this anger and spaces that are compassionate enough to receive that anger without judgment and without making us feel like we're a bad person because we have some anger moving through us that wants to come out. Anyway, lately I've also had to get, again, really honest with my addictive tendencies, with my addictions, um, all of which are avoidance tactics, uh, familiar distractions to um, dodge the deeper emotional processing and releasing that's coming up for me. Um, when my addictive tendencies come up, it's a pretty direct indicator that I'm avoiding something uncomfortable. Of course, human beings, we are wired to move either towards comfort or away from pain. And it takes courage to intentionally a different, make a different choice and intentionally move towards something that you know is uncomfortable, like a hard conversation that you've been putting off or towards facing up to paying a bill or moving or like asking for something you need. There, there are all sorts of things that are uncomfortable that life requires us to do. And, and it's, it's a natural tendency for us to move towards comfort and away from the discomfort. So it takes a lot of courage to do that. It takes a lot of courage to go for that run, to do that exercise, to get up early, to take care of our bodies, to love ourselves. And it takes a lot of courage to allow those deep and so-called darker more painful emotions to move through our bodies and be felt and expressed, especially for men. Since a lot of us are still operating in the distorted belief that emotions equal weakness. Anyway, addiction. And recently I've, again, had enough of my own bullshit and I surrender. I stop trying to run away from it. I stop trying to avoid it and I just surrender and I'm like, okay, I have an inevitable mini breakdown. Um, and by breakdown, I don't mean like I'm throwing plates across the room or sh fighting with someone or I don't let it get out of hand. By breakdown, I mean like finally just allowing and sitting and feeling into what is this that's causing me to eat more, smoke weed, smoke tobacco, stay up late, watch too much Netflix. Um, what are the other avoidance tactics that I like to use? Scroll Instagram, as my friend Jumps says, get into the scroll hole. So many different distractions. And I, when I notice that I'm utilizing all of them, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I've got something that needs to be expressed here. And this, um, sitting with this, I remember, this isn't weakness at all. Sitting and feeling my sadness is not weakness. 
it's actually taken pretty much all the fucking strength that I have a lot of the time to do that. Again, like, the paradigm is way off. This weird belief that emotions equal weakness. I know it's obvious where that comes from when we break it down because emotions are feminine energy and they are chaotic. We have to surrender to them. The masculine doesn't like that. The masculine likes to have control. The shadow masculine, of course. The divine masculine does have control over their emotions, but not in a, in an asp- in a way that's repressing them or not tapping into the strength within them and the wisdom within our own emotions. They're messages for, that our body has for us. But of course, we're, we're, there's this paradigm, especially for men, that to surrender is weak, to cry is weak, to feel sad, to be out of control is weakness. So it's natural for dudes to struggle with expressing themselves, for sure. And it's really something that I think I'm only just sort of tapping into, even after years of practice. So if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, that's fucking familiar, actually. My best advice is to remove judgment of yourself, have compassion for yourself. And remember, you, just like everybody else, you have been doing the best that you can. 100%. Even though your judgmental ego mind might judge you and shame you and say, you could have done better here, here, and here, and here. How do you know? How do you know you weren't doing your best? So bring that compassion in. We're all learning at our own pace. We're all growing at our own pace. We're all healing at our own pace. And as Trevor Hall sings about, you can't rush your healing. You can't rush it. This is a lifetime thing. Certainly you can make big leaps and bounds. And certainly we do make big leaps and bounds, but we can't rush this process. And so as I'm having my little mini breakdown on the sofa, I'm crying deeply. I'm literally feeling this is the hundredth time I've done this over the last couple of years all to varying depths. I feel my heart like cracking open again. I feel the tension in my body releasing because my body is like holding with tension to try and prevent that emotion from flowing through me. It's like rigid. And this is why actually I've also been dancing. I've been dancing to shift that energy. I've been dancing, not, not in front of people. Let me get this. <laughs> Let me make it clear. I'm not like dancing in front of people, although I do feel like I want to go and do some kind of ecstatic dance, which I might actually go and do tomorrow. To not only practice moving my body to let that energy move and like get rid of, not get rid of, but just release that rigid rigidity and, and be flexible as well as strong. Dancing in front of people is going to be a beautiful, beautiful practice of um, self-confidence and... Um, releasing the uh, need to impress other people or um, releasing my attachment to being liked by other people or releasing other people's judgment and allowing other people to have their judgment. Judge me if you want. It's your free will. It's your life. But that's on you. It's not on me. That's maybe that's going to be good to do that. But yeah, I've been moving my body Releasing that rigidity has been helping me soften and find strength in that flexibility because 
the rigidity and the strength that we need in life is, is really important. We need to be firm and stand strong and do these like masculine things. But if the branches of the tree don't have some kind of flexibility to them, the wind is just going to snap them right off. We also must have flexibility. We must also be able to move. We, we must also be able to surrender to what wants to come through us. Because if we're trying to control it the whole time from the ego, then the higher self is never going to come through and express itself. I feel like I'm telling myself this more than I'm telling anybody else this, which is actually very true for a lot of these kind of transmissions almost that um, sometimes in these... And uh, I make I make videos for my Patreon community and I'm like, I watch them back. I'm like, this video was for me more than anybody else. It's interesting. Um, but we need to remain flexible. We need to be strong and flexible at the same time. It's a balance. And so in this mini breakdown, again, recently having a couple of these. I'm not saying like breakdown is a bad thing. I'm saying it's a good thing. Not only am I really getting to know myself even more, I'm giving, having an opportunity to really understand my shadows and the parts of myself that I've been repressing. I get to know myself just on a deeper level. At the same time, I'm finding new strengths in these depths of my being, the strength to be present with all of me, the strength to allow all of me and to bring forth all of me, even the parts that I think aren't lovable and the strength to fucking get up again and crack the fuck on and carry on. Even if crack the fuck on means rest. <laughs> we're just getting up and we're doing life again. The sun rises every single day. There's no exit. We got to get up and do it again. We got to. We have to. After the breakdown comes the breakthrough, every time. The deeper the breakdown, the deeper and bigger and more expansive the breakthrough, the bigger the realizations. And that breakthrough might sometimes just be putting those emotions down afterwards, making some nice food, having a bath, going into serious self-love mode, especially after a deep emotional process, the last thing you want to do is go out drinking or being around hectic people or the, the most ideal situation, of course, is to just go into deep rest if you, are, if you are having a deep emotional process. Because that part of me, I'm going to speak to my experience, the part of me that is scared to express itself is my inner child who has learned that it's not safe to express myself authentically. And so I'm reparenting that part of me. In the process of reparenting, I want that part of me each time to feel a little bit more safe and to trust me a little bit more. Trust me as the parent of myself that I can take care of you that I can take care of that inner child whilst we're still healing. And forever, really. But that little Ben, that 10-year-old Ben, who just bottled up all his emotions, if that 10-year-old Ben comes out and is finally ready to express himself, 
that 10 year old Ben needs to be expressing himself into my safety, into my, I'm going to hold that version of me and cook myself some nice food, make myself a bath and read a book or get an early night and do the things that I would do as the best parent would, you know, like the best version of myself, how that version of myself would parent a 10-year-old, my own 10-year-old child. If the 10-year-old child is having a breakdown and wants to express something, some emotions want to come through, as the parent, I'm holding space for myself. And then if I go and smoke a joint afterwards, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not integrating. It's not um, that aspect of myself, the the 10-year-old within me is like, oh, wow, I still feel like I'm being too much. So super important that we go into deep self-care after we've had a big cry or a big release. This really like has a huge impact on the depth at which the healing that is taking place can actually root down and have a really positive impact. So yeah, breakdowns come before the breakthroughs. And this has been true every single time I cry, each each and every single time I have a rage out or I'm angry or I beat the shit out of a pillow and I scream into that pillow, I release it, I honor it and I let that have it I let that moment come out. I let that version of me, that angry teenager that has been told off by a, uh, a dickhead police officer um, and been like oppressed or feeling like they're being oppressed or feeling like they're a victim of a system and they're not being heard and nobody understands that even that version of me that teenage or even into my 20s like angry rebel version of me is coming out and once once it's airtime it's really important to give that part of you airtime so that we can also learn from them let it have its time And then I know myself better through it. I get to know the teenage, I get to know my teenage son. I get to know the, within me, the metaphorical teenage son within me. As I know I'm not that person anymore, I want to be showing up in the world in a different way. But the teenager within me has got to come with me on this journey. Can't just leave him behind. And also that teenager has got a lot of energy, it's got a lot of passion that teenager can fucking see through bullshit really clearly. That teenager wants to help, wants to, that teenage part of me that in my, even into my 20s, that aspect of me wants to help 35-year-old me make the changes, wants to participate in the revolution. And that energy can come through. But we've got to get that teenager on board. We've got to let that teenager within know that it's safe to express yourself. But we've also got to let that teenager within know that 35-year-old Ben is the wisest Ben that has lived so far. The version of us now is the wisest version of us we've ever had. So if we're letting previous versions of ourselves, like for me, I often let the teenage or the 20-year-old steer the ship. And of course that version of me is going to steer the ship towards behaviours that are like rebellious, not necessarily revolutionary. And so we're almost, I'm, for me, I feel like I'm almost convincing 20-something-year-old me that I'm going to take the steering wheel now, but you can trust me because we're on the same team. It's really strange. I don't know if any of this is resonating with you. 
If not, no problem. Just take what resonates and leave the rest. The feeling that I have after these little breakdowns is um, this deep spaciousness opens up. More clarity. Much more clarity. More acceptance. More compassion for myself. More heart. My heart feels like it's cracked open more often than not. I feel like it's I feel like the energy is radiating from my heart. It's almost like I had to shift that anger or whatever out the way in order for my heart to really expand more. More heart, less mind. What I mean by more clarity and more spaciousness is in my mind. There's less chatter. I'm more present. I'm not worried about the future or the past. I'm right here, right now, which is where we really can swim in the, in the deep, nourishing ocean of peace. We find peace in the present moment. And this, this new space, this new perception, this newfound space, this new perspective is formed. And it isn't clouded or distorted by emotions, especially anger. Anger distorts our field of vision. Anger reduces the perceived choices that we have. Fear does the same thing. And really, quite more often than not, underneath anger is fear, quite often. So... We have this new clarity. I have this new clarity is what I experience after, after I've shifted this emotion and I can see things in a new light. I feel like I'm, after that, in that time, in that space, in the aftermath, I feel like I'm receiving really clear guidance about what to do. And whether or not I'm receiving guidance or I'm just not seeing things in a distort, distorted by anger, I'm just seeing things much more clearly, so it's really obvious what I need to do next or where I need to go. Maybe it isn't even obvious, but I'm just sitting in this feeling of compassion for myself. But in my experience, most of the time I'm like, oh, this is what I need to do next. And recently, when things when I feel like things are just... Because I have had experiences recently where I'm just like, I know, I know that I'm not going to... I don't want to leave. I, don't, I, don't, I know I'm not going to commit suicide. But there have been moments recently where that teenager within me or the 20-year-old within me has sort of caught up and I've embodied that. And it's like, well, what am I even doing here? I don't want to be here anymore. Sometimes I have a nap when I'm feeling so low, I sleep and I'm like, I'm, I'd be okay with not waking up. And I'm like, whoa, where is that thought coming from? That's quite intense. But I think it's also pretty normal. Maybe you resonate with this, maybe you don't, but it's like, part of me is like, it's futile. What's the point in carrying on? Like, there's so much ignorance in the world. There's so much deluded power there's so much imbalance. There's so much pain. When I've been focusing on all of those things, I see them. 
And the more aware I am and the more heart open I am, the more I fucking feel it. That's the paradox of this situation. It's like, oh yeah, you want to open your heart. You want to feel things. You want to have a deeper connection with your relationship, with yourself, with your community, with the planet, with your life. You want to be present with your life and be open for it. Oh, you're also going to have to feel into the incredible amount of suffering that's taking place on the world in the world right now and has always been taking place and most likely will always to certain degrees take place in the world and it's a lot and a lot of the time i'm like fuck it this planet is done for <laughs> like there's no point in going and carrying on so I've been feeling that on occasion. And that's often what cracks me open, actually, is really getting really honest with myself and not pretending that everything's okay. When actually there's a part of me that's like, I don't even want to be here anymore. I don't even want to fucking, what's the point? I'm trying to help. People, like, I can't even help myself. People don't want to be helped. From my perspective, it seems like um, a raising of consciousness and an awakening is an expanded awareness is what is needed in the in the world right now. Yet I know from my own awakening experience that it's fucking uncomfortable. And I didn't really necessarily want to do it. <laughs> Nobody wants to wake up. It's like an alarm going off when you didn't set the alarm. If you're not ready to wake up, it is, you're going to tell people to fuck right off if they're trying to wake you up. So it's like, oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help, but I also don't know. And like, what am I even doing here? It does my content even count for anything? All of these big questions are coming up. So I finally, that part of myself finally goes, and I don't even fucking want to be here, and it's because of this, that, and the other, and I'm in a victim mode, and I'm like, fuck you, and fuck this, and fuck all the previous generations for not standing up against this fucking tyrannical government, and I'm having to deal, we're, my generation's having to deal with this now, and the fucking planet's being harvested and commodified, and this is fucked, and that's fucked, and you, ju you will just fucking let this shit happen, and then you still decided to have a child and bring it into this world. And there's so much anger underneath there that's like victim mode. But it's like, it's okay. Let that come up. Let that be expressed. Doesn't need to make sense. Doesn't need to be right or wrong. Just let it come through with the passion of fire. And that's when I have, that's when I crack. And underneath that anger is sadness. And underneath that sadness is pain and fear. The pain of watching and witnessing and feeling so much suffering in the world that I actually have to stop feeling it. I can't handle it. The fear that we might not make it. The fear that I'm not doing enough. The fear that my children and my children's children might suffer because of my lack of action, the fear of the unknown, and honestly, the fear of the fucking mystery of life. And when I really feel into that, that's when the tears move. 
that's when the alchemy process happens within me. That's when I really feel into that pain. And I go, yeah, it is fucked. Yeah, there is so much suffering you can't even even begin to comprehend it. Yeah, we don't know which way it's going to go. It's a mystery. We don't even know if any of this has any meaning at all. I don't know if my story or my anything that I create or manifest, I don't I can only assume that nothing has meaning. So it's frightening and it's fear ultimately underneath that. So to allow myself to be with that and finally be honest with myself and be like fuck yeah. I'm actually, I'm fucking scared. And it comes out as anger. It comes out as sadness and depression as I detach myself from it and disconnect myself from my emotions and from what's going on and isolate myself and numb myself with too much marijuana, too much scrolling Instagram, too much other things. So yeah, the anger that has been coming through me recently has been, quite frankly, very intense. (laughs) It, It feels like a lifetime of keeping quiet. It feels like a lifetime of not speaking up and speaking out, of being misunderstood, not knowing how to express myself, not having the language to use, not having the, the, um, courage to express what's true for me a lifetime of maybe multiple fucking lifetimes actually is what it feels like it's coming through multiple lifetimes of seeing through the lies through the deceit through the deception and the fucking hypocrisy of our backwards society the backwards aspects of our society not all of it of course It's like a raging frustration towards this insane world that I find myself incarnated in. I'm like, as if I didn't choose to incarnate during this time, which I fucking know that I did. Again, putting myself in victim mode. I'm like, whoa, how do I find myself on earth with all these nutters? (laughs) With With all this illusion. And I'm like, oh yeah, remember, it was only a couple of years ago that you were also one of those nutters and also actually lost in the delusion of your own mind (laughs) and also in the illusion of the ego self, pretending that you're not it, pretending that I'm somehow separate, pretending that I'm somehow better than. Mm. So yeah, underneath the anger, sadness, some fear. Sadness at the state of the world. And this is really what's really, really online and alive for me recently. Maybe you can resonate with this on some level. Sadness at the tyranny, the corruption, the the cheating, lying, fucking scumbags that put profit over human life. Those fuckers who are commodifying all that I consider sacred with no seemingly no clue or no fucks given about the consequences of their choices and their actions. I'm discovering so many layers to my anger as I allow myself to really feel into how fucked things are 
for so many beings on planet Earth right now and how deep the suffering is. And our Mother Earth. Our Mother Earth, her energy and her resources harvested and hoarded by, quite frankly, spiritually incoherent men blinded by power and greed and driven ultimately by fear underneath all of that. So yeah, that's, that's um, as, I, as I say all those things, I'm like, well, they're all of the things that I uh, recognize in myself. Maybe that's why I'm so resistant to them. Because I haven't yet accepted those aspects of myself. So yeah, that's been actually a big part of my experience of um, waking up and expanding my awareness to become aware of things that didn't seem to actually phase me before. And that combined with more presence, just more reverence for the sacred and my heart coming online and opening, all of, all of that results in me just caring way more about humanity. Actually, it's just kind of revealing that I have always cared. I just have never known what to do about it or felt like I've been helpless. And the helplessness also adds to the sadness. It's like, fuck, there's only so much I can do. And I'm not even doing that. There I am. There I go, like shaming myself for not doing enough. But this is the softness that I, that I believe that we need now more than ever. I feel like we need to soften. When I, what I was talking about before, I was like, oh yeah, when I dance, it brings flexibility and a larger range of movement as well. And I don't lose any strength from doing that. I've been doing more exercise recently. I bought some chin-ups, um, gymnastics rings. So I've been doing chin-ups on the rings. Just some basic shit, just to get my body back online. And my, I'm super lucky because my body is like, it's an athletic body. I'm so blessed to have an athletic body. I literally just like look at a kettlebell and then I get stronger. It's so nice. I'm very lucky. But as I, as I build this strength, it's quite easy to forget to stretch. And now my range of movement in my joints is reduced because there's a tightening process in the strengthening process. And, of course, we need flexibility, we need to be able to move, we need to be able to pivot and change and accept and surrender and move and go with the flow of things. And so my physical body has been a representation, ultimately, I believe, is like a, my lack of flexibility in life, my lack of ability to let go and surrender to the journey rather than trying to hold on and control it tightly with both hands and I forget that as I stretch and I get range of movement in my in my arms and in my shoulders in my legs and my hips I don't lose any strength I actually gain strength from that because now I've got strength and flexibility so yeah it's like softening I believe that we are softening through the pain through feeling the pain through feeling our emotions, certainly myself as a masculine identified being, as a man, I've had, this is a process of softening. And that doesn't mean like becoming weak. It means becoming flexible and knowing myself 
the depths of myself, all of myself, and not being scared of those parts of myself that I don't want to face up to. But that's, that is a process of softening. I don't want to put anybody off this process, especially you guys listening to this. But I do want to recognize it as a softening process. It's like a removal or a dissolving of the armor around my heart. I want to also recognize that this armor that I put up around my heart, it was needed. I, I was, it was doing an amazing job of keeping me safe. A closed heart, disconnection from the feminine emotional body within us, is often a response to not feeling like it's safe to express ourselves, to express our love or our anger or whatever. So we put up walls. It's a, it's a protection, survival thing. And, and to be honest, like this world, when we become aware of all of it, can be an incredibly heartbreaking place to exist. Especially for some people are more sensitive than other people. And I'm a Pisces. I'm fucking sensitive. That for me is a superpower that's coming online. Because here I am asking for a deeper connection with everything. So of course I'm feeling more. And that's also a journey for me to learn how to place energetic boundaries so I'm just not feeling into everybody else's shit the whole time. But it can be a heartbreaking place to be right now on planet Earth, especially as things that have been fucked for a long time come into the light, out of the shadows and into the light so that we can see them, feel them, decide that we don't want to go forward with them and make the changes required. But the softening process is needed for more people to say, I can't handle being a human on planet Earth whilst that's also taking place. It can feel like it's all too much. And that's because it may well be too much. Like it, it's so much. So we have to put these walls up and protect ourselves. Otherwise our heart's just going to break constantly and we're not going to be able to show up for work and we're not going to be able to like enjoy our lives. But it's only when we actually allow our heart to break open that we can begin to really love more deeply and care more and feel more and heal our emotional trauma and then show up in the world as a more authentically loving and heart-centered being, being led from the heart, not the mind. That doesn't mean to say that people who don't cry easily have closed hearts. It doesn't mean to say that... Um, People who haven't done deep emotional work aren't doing good work in this world or aren't empathetic or don't want to help. There's nuance to all of this, of course. But in my experience, I am naturally empathic. I am naturally caring for others. And that aspect of me was closed off as I tried to survive being in a society that punishes and ostracizes men and boys who are overly emotional. So now the work is to undo that and, and to open up and discover the depths of my authentic, loving being. And it feels great. It feels amazing, of course. And that energy, once it comes online, is so healing for not just myself, but my family and other people around me. 
It's more compassionate, it's less judgmental. I'm a nicer person. I'm way less of an asshole these days, basically. So this is what I believe is needed more than ever in the world as we move through this fucking chaotic, confusing and often incredibly painful transformation phase. What the world needs now is heart-led strength, warriors of love, stewards of light, compassionate beings. Compassionate beings that are strong, not just physically, but emotionally. Strong enough to love even when we are being lured into fighting each other. And so this is where I'm kind of going with this podcast is like, as, as more compassion has been coming online for me, I've been realizing that the more I am heart-centered, the less I want to fight other people. The more heart-centered I am, the less I want to separate, the less I separate myself from others. You see where I'm going with this? Open-hearted people don't fight each other. Open-hearted people are connected to each other in a way that can't be seen, that can only be felt. (sighs) Heart-centered people trust themselves and are very good at picking up on fear frequencies. They can detect the emotions and the intentions of other people and groups, and they don't even have to be near them, but not from a judgmental point of view. They still love them regardless. Heart-centered people don't take sides. When we are, more like when, when we are in our heart, when we are heart-centered, we don't take sides. Because I still go into my mind and project and victimize myself and villainize other people and then put other people on pedestals as well as being heroes that can come and save me from being a victim of these villains. I don't know if you're familiar with the drama triangle of the hero, the victim, and the villain. And when we place ourselves in one of these roles, we're automatically placing people who don't agree with us in in one of the other roles, and it just creates drama and separation. But when I'm heart-centered, I'm not taking a side. I understand that also the darkness is required in order to see the light. And there, I'm not afraid of the darkness either. I'm not afraid of the shadow because I've been into the depths of my own shadows. That's what happens when we do this journey, when we do this work, when our hearts come online. It's inevitably through the shadow. And so once we know ourselves and know our shadows and go that deep with ourselves... We have more compassion and empathy and less judgment and we forgive ourselves and all of our imperfections and all of our faults and all of our failures and all of our shortcomings. And when we forgive ourselves, we can much easier forgive other people too and just see them for the, the truth of who they are beyond all of the anger or whatever the emotion is that's coming through. So over the last few weeks, I've been realizing more and more like, or seeing more and more of what I think is really going on in the world. It's quite a broad statement. Of course, I don't know everything that's going on in the world, but this is just kind of this new um, perspective that I've got as I do this anger processing. And I've realized that I've been played 
multiple times into the polarizing narrative. I've been hooked and caught in to the fear and just picked a different side and separated myself from other people too, who are also separating me, being like, I'm right, you're wrong. And this doesn't, this doesn't help anybody. Now, obviously, the hot topic right now is the vaccine. And it's a fucking emotionally charged topic, of course, because it's about health. And health is incredibly personal and private. It's, it's the most personal thing ever. It's the most emotionally triggering thing. And it's not just about health. This vaccine is also about, to many people, their perception is that it's about life and death. And maybe not just life and death right now, but life and death if we don't just get things back to normal so I can pay my bills, etc. We're in survival mode as a species right now. And I am not qualified to tell you what to do. I can share my opinions and things, but there's, there's an overarching theme that I'd much rather explore in this podcast, which is the divisive nature of this narrative that's playing out. It feels like there's something much, much bigger at play here, which is almost always accurate. And it's the us versus them story. And we're talking about health. And health is such a broad and multifaceted topic that it's incredibly different for each human being. There's no way that we can speak about health in black or white. Like this is healthy and that's not. What's healthy for me might not be healthy for you. And what is medicine for you might not be medicine for me. There are infinite variables when it comes to individual health there's however many billions of us. And to band everybody in together in this conversation is insane. To ignore the nuance here is insane. To say things are, to polarize this is insane. Think about all the ways that we've been divided recently. Vax, anti-vax. Science, anti-science. Far right, libtards. Red, blue, Trump, Biden, black, white, racist, not racist, rich, poor, mask, no mask, Brexit, no Brexit, the list goes on. There's always something that's dividing the people. So I'm, I'm asking us to like take a broader look at this. Let's, let's expand our awareness. I'm trying to gain a broader perspective of this. Because I've noticed that it's so easy to get hooked into fighting the opposition, even though we're all on the same fucking team. And I've been pretty open about my position regarding the vaccine on my Instagram stories. And right now, I'm not convinced. It's not for me. But each time I post some information, it's usually because you won't find it on mainstream media. It's kind of the whole point of, like, sharing between communities, especially in this time of like incredible censorship, I think it's really important to just get information out there. And I trust my audience to decide and discern what's for them and what's not for them. When I share this information, I get a slew of messages saying, 
are you an anti-vaxxer? Or actually now more like, you fucking anti-vaxxer, rah, 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 there's going to be blood on your hands. I've had it all, honestly. And I've wasted a shitload of time trying to have conversations with a few of these people before realizing, actually, it doesn't matter what I say because it's not landing. I've actually, I've had fucking vaccines in my life. Many of them over the years, actually, with all my traveling. And I'm fine, I guess. Of course, I'm not anti-vax or fucking anti-science. I love science. I can't believe I've been called anti-science. It's, it's so hilarious. I fucking love science. There's no arguing with the fact that polio was eradicated with vaccines. I'm a big fan of science, all power to the real modern medicine that put my fractured arm back together after my motorcycle accident and saves countless lives all over the world. So why am I being polarized? Suddenly I'm, I'm, I'm daring to ask a few questions and I'm being put in the villain category by people who feel like they are victims of me. And this is happening because that's the mainstream fear-based narrative that's, that's playing out. So if you're feeling like you're being villainized by a, someone who is victimizing themselves, just know that you're not alone. If you're feeling like, I actually am feeling like I'm being attacked for simply wanting to ask a few questions or wait, I just want to wait for my vaccine, just going to see how things like play out. If you, if you feel like you're being called to wait and people are like, you're a fucking anti-vaxxer and you've got blood on your hands and people are going to die because you, you're not alone. Trust me, you're not alone. And also my invitation is to have empathy for people who are bringing this kind of frequency through because honestly, it's not them. They're being, many of us <laughs> have been and some of us are still being hypnotized by this mainstream media and manipulated and coerced and being played into this victim and villain narrative that says, if you're not for the vaccine, then you must be anti-vax and anti-science and most, most likely worship the devil. Oh, and you must want people to die if you are not immediately obeying and conforming to this. You must be the devil. So I'm just saying this is fucking insane. Most people aren't even aware that there is nuance to this. There is nuance to everything. Nothing is black or white. So what I'm doing right now, I'm trying to bring a, a, a different awareness to it where I'm like, okay, where can I find the middle way? Because I've been guilty too. I don't know what the, I suppose, the more common uh, derogatory language for the opposite of an anti-vaxxer would be a sheep. You fucking sheep. I don't want to call people sheeple. Everybody is on their own journey and it is their choice. It's part of their, who am I? I'm not going to play God and pretend that like I know how people's lives should go. If people feel like they need to get the vaccine, they must go get it. Please go get it. Please, I, I will say, hopefully they'll educate themselves. Hopefully they'll do their due diligence and their research so that they are sure about their choice. And I think that's the most important thing to be sure that you are making the choice for yourself. But I feel like that's asking a lot for people who are literally in survival mode.
and so it's it's up to it's up to the people what they want to do and it's certainly not up to me to tell people what to do it's got me asking like why why are so many people so unaware of the manipulation causing them to pick a side and fight their own people fight themselves ultimately and then i think maybe it's not as many people as i think maybe we are being led to believe through censorship that if you are for freedom of choice that you are in the minority maybe we're actually in the majority maybe we're in a bubble that makes us think we're in the majority but i wonder how many people are actually out there and i mean i see not through mainstream media of course because they depict things in a very distorted and inaccurate way and they pick and choose what they what information they put out there hundreds of millions of people have been taking to the streets against this vaccine passport situation because that's the main thing isn't it it's like the vaccine passport where you can have all of your freedoms and you can have your freedom and your privilege to run your business and earn your money and pay your bills and keep paying us your taxes and feed your children etc as long as you do what we say you can come into this store as long as you wear a mask doesn't seem like very much fine i got to eat actually don't have time or energy to be arguing or fighting this and it feels impossible to fight this and everybody else is going along with it even though we might, we we know that masks do fuck all and most people are using the same mask over and over and most people are touching the mask and 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 at a situation yesterday in fact where i needed to get cash out before i was going for some therapeutic treatment and i was like fuck i didn't bring my mask with me and the only cash machine that's working nearby is one inside a petrol station and so i get my jumper and i put it up over my nose like this and i'm like oh actually this is probably more uh, effective than my my normal buff that i wear whatever effective means and so i walk into the shop and i go straight to the cash register trying to wear my invisibility cloak but of course i attract all the attention because i'm wearing a bright fucking orange jersey and it's over my nose i start dealing with the cash machine getting my cash out and an employer comes over and is angry at me it's like you need to get out of here if you're not wearing a mask and i was like but i've got this thing over my nose and as she's speaking to me she keeps grabbing her mask and putting it pulling it back up over her nose police officer walks in i see the police officer i see her i've got this thing over my over my nose and i said it's okay i i'm very healthy firstly like i'm maybe the most healthy i've ever been it's very unlikely that i've got covid this is actually more infect, uh, effective than the mask that i have left at home and i'll be gone in one minute literally my cash is coming out of the thing and then she runs over to her manager he, he comes over and asks me and says stop causing trouble in my shop i'm going to have you arrested there's a police officer right there and i was like sir listen i'm healthy i'm a healthy human being and th- look my mouth and my nose is covered and i wasn't really in the mood for like causing more than a more of a ruckus than was necessary but i was like at what point do i just um, do i just say 
this is fucking insane. And the manager who was talking to me, his mask was down over his, underneath his nose too. And I pointed out, I was like, your mask isn't even over your nose. So he pulls it up and he says, I can have you arrested right now. The police officer who's grabbing a Coke and a pie and a packet of chips, <laughs> who's like overweight, looks over and his mask is below his lips. And I was like, do not tell me that the ma- that I need to wear a mask when the police officer isn't even wearing his mask properly. And anyway, I left the place and I was like, wow, there is so much fear being drilled into people that they can't even see what's real and what's not real. They're just in this tunnel vision. I was like, wow, it's fucking insane, actually, what's really going on. So back to the question. Why are we picking sides and fighting each other? And don't we want the same thing? Don't we all want the same thing? Don't we all want health? Don't we all want love? More love? More acceptance? More peace? More equality? More harmony? a better quality of life, we all want the same things, yet here we are fighting each other over how to get them. And why are most people so obedient towards a government that is so blatantly abusive and oppressive? Why are so many people so ready and happy to surrender their basic freedoms instead of stand up and fight for them and ask questions? I believe it's because they're fucking tired. I believe people are exhausted. I believe these people were exhausted before the pandemic. They're physically struggling, terrible, like his, this is a massive sweeping statement, but like most people are not getting the nutrition that they need in their food because who can afford fucking organic food? Not Most people can't afford organic food. And therefore, most people are eating food that they think is nourishing themselves, but actually doesn't have any nutrients in them. In fact, the pesticides that go into the production of those foods are causing a wreaking havoc in their bodies. So they don't feel good in their bodies. They're overworking and underpaid. They're feeling like the victim of a system. They're angry. They're exhausted and Most people are in survival mode. Most people are just trying to get by. And so these government systems and the story that's playing out to us that we're being told that we're participating in, the tactic has been to chip, chip, chip away at our basic freedoms. A little bit at a time. And over, over a long period of time, destroy the nutritional value of food, pollute the air and the water, and destroy and remove spiritual wisdom, ancient wisdom about who we are, and create this codependency, this victim and hero thing, this dependence also on pharmaceutical drugs. The people are sick. Mental health struggles, physical health struggles, emotionally repressed, emotionally disconnected, feeling like the victim. And when you put yourself in victim mode, you're pointing the finger at blaming other people as the villain and waiting for that hero to come in. That's the drama. 
The people are fucking tired and they don't have the energy to love themselves. They don't have the belief that they can improve their situation. They're being coerced and manipulated into spending their money on things that are giving them short-term satisfaction, but actually not helping in the long run. So it's much, much easier to play the victim role and blame other people. And now the story says, I'm in danger because this healthy human being isn't getting a vaccine. And that's, that's fucking insane. Since when have strong, healthy, sovereign human beings become dangerous? Can you see? It's so insane. So we are being divided. And this is the age-old political tactic to actually just prevent us, the people, from setting aside our differences and coming together to unify and actually make some real lasting change. To come together and be like, fuck this. I'm over this shit. I'm over you thinking that you know best for me when I can see very clearly through this bullshit and you're saying one thing but doing another. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. So let us not be busy fighting each other. Let us realize that we are we are on the receiving end of this top-down corruption this old archaic system that is actually working perfectly at keeping people from realizing their own power through dividing them and having them fight each other. Now, I know that we're tribal, we're naturally tribal beings. Like, it's part of our instinct is, to, is community. We need to be around people. We're social creatures, for sure. And part of that socializing, it's all about survival, Right? We need to be part of the village so that when the village gets attacked by woolly mammoths back in the day, we're going to be looked after. We're part of it. We wouldn't survive on our own. We have to come together, right? And so part of this tribalistic survival instinct is that it's um, the one thing that brings us together really quickly and efficiently is to have a common enemy. This is the vision that I'm getting right now is like this hilarious vision um, where, say, we're part of a village. Other villages or other tribes attacking our tribe now. This used to happen all the time. The tribe's attacking. And the tribe's going to come and get our women and our gold and our food supplies and our horses or whatever. And imagine... This tribe comes in and is like, right, let's fuck up this village. We're coming in, we're going to take their women and children and we're going to take their gold and everything. And they get to the village and they go, and they're storming down the hill. And they get there and they all pause and they look at each other and they can't believe what they're seeing. This village is already fighting. They're like, whoa, who are they fighting? And then someone notices, oh, they're they're fighting themselves. They're like beating each other up. And they're like, okay, everybody put your weapons down. We're just going to walk through here and quietly collect all the gold and all the food supplies and just fuck these people over because they're too busy fighting each other to even notice that we're here. It's insane. This is exactly what's happening to us, the people 
we are forgetting that we are powerful together. We're busy fighting each other on whatever the latest thing is, instead of coming together to create something that's revolutionary, not even fighting our oppressors. In fact, a lot of us are convinced that our oppressive government systems are our saviors. There's something called um, Stockholm Syndrome, where you're, if, if you've been captured, if you've been captured and taken, taken captive, over time, sometimes what can happen is the, the victim, the person that's been capti- captured, can fall in love with the captor, fall in love with the oppressor. I don't know how it works psychologically. I feel like that's what's happening. There's so many people that are now on the side of their own oppressors. It's a bit like in The Matrix, when Agent Smith would warp into and become one of the, one of the people in The Matrix. It's, it's almost like that when if someone who's outside of The Matrix and is saying something that goes against the system, the Agent Smith, that is the, the virus almost, will come through a human being and it's not them speaking it's the it's the programming that they've received that this person is a danger because they're going against the system that i have been programmed to protect and love even though that very system is the same system that is destroying me or at least repressing and holding back my full power and in fact it's it's i'm handing my power over to them but I don't even realize it's happening. So <laughs> to conclude, I suppose there are so, so many people who are beginning to come online. Souls are waking up and coming online. And if you, if that, if you know what that means, it makes sense to you. You're one of these people where you're beginning to trust yourself. You're beginning to have agency over yourself, over your behavior, and have more and more awareness over all the times that you don't have agency, or there's some kind of viral mind infection that is programmed into you that is coming through you. Amazing. Awareness. Have awareness of this. Have awareness of this being a thing, not just for us, but everybody. That will help us have more compassion and more empathy for those who are literally morphing into like agent smiths and barking insane fear nonsense at us i think there are far more people who are wanting freedom and wanting to stand for peace and love and equality and unity than we are led to believe i feel like we are also made to believe that we're in the minority a lot of the time. Maybe we are, who knows? The only way to know, really, is to find your tribe. Support people on the internet who you resonate with. Share their stuff, like their shit. Speak up and speak out, even if it's by sharing other people's stuff. Words are vibrations. Great Instagram account, by the way, at words are vibrations. Highly recommend. (sighs) And know that this too shall pass. We have been through things before. We will make it out the other side. Everything will get better. 
and we must keep showing up. The sun keeps rising. Get out into nature. Get out into the... Immerse yourself in the situations that remind you of how fucking incomprehensibly wonderful life really is. Because the last thing that this tyrannical manipulation machine wants from us is to feel joy is to remember how joyful this is so it's fucking a rebellious act to have a smile on your face and an open heart and love for everybody so fucking do that if you can if you if that's what's alive for you but fight for that fight for the joy fight for the love fight for freedom freedom of speech freedom of choice freedom to travel Freedom to live our lives because it started with a mask and now it's moving on to a vaccine passport. Here's a quote from um, a Hungarian Jew from the documentary The Last Days. People wonder, how is it that we didn't do something? We didn't run away. We didn't hide. Well... Things didn't happen at once. Things happened very slowly. So each time a new law came out or a new restriction, we said, well, just another thing, it'll blow over. But when we had to wear the yellow star to be outside, we started to worry. Of course, by then, history shows it was too late. So the way this dictatorship happens is by chipping away a little bit. A little bit, a little bit, so we don't notice mask mandates. Having to wear a mask to buy your shopping. Now vaccines. And we simply don't know what's next. So it's very important that we take a long, hard look at how we got here and what we're going to do when the time comes for us to stand up, which is now, and use our voices and use our power and find our tribe and do our healing and open our hearts in order for us to usher in what is really being in what's going to happen anyway we can either resist it i'm telling this to myself because this applies to me on an individual level and i suppose all of us to resist change is futile Things are changing. Things are improving. We're evolving. We're growing. We have to let go of these old ways of being. But of course, we're holding on so fucking tightly. And what we can do as individuals is, in our own worlds, let go and surrender to the individual evolution and the individual change, which will naturally be a heart-opening process and a softening and a strengthening through that, a finding of each of our own voices, a finding of our own heart, our own courage to speak up, to take action, to stand for something. And when we do that as individuals, we will be ushering in, in more of a harmonious way, this new way of being on planet Earth that is coming around as more and more beings come online more and more souls come online and unplug themselves from the fear matrix 
and understand that there's a lot more to life, a lot more beauty, a lot more nuance, a lot more mystery, and a lot more potential. And it's going to happen anyway. <laughs> so, so have faith and you know keep showing up every day. Thank you for being part of this community. Please share this podcast with someone who you think might resonate with it. Share it on social media and I'll do a little restory vibe. <sighs> and yeah, I'm sending you all so, so much love right now. Don't forget to breathe. Keep breathing. And I look forward to speaking into this microphone more and having guests. I've got some interesting people that I'd love to share some conversation with. So yeah, sending you all so much love and so many blessings. Have a beautiful day, fam. I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and giving me your attention, your focus. I hope that some of it resonated with you. You got something from it. If you did, please feel free to share this podcast, maybe on an Instagram story. Tag me at BenJam. Give me a little mini review. I'll repost them on my stories. Also share this podcast with someone who you think might be on the same wavelength, on the same vibration, part of the same tribe, or someone who you think is on their way into this phase of healing and vulnerability and emotional intelligence and participating by coming online. And please do go and check out our new sponsor, myonlinetherapy.com. Go on the desktop on the website, check out the tab at the top that says self-care, click on it. And if you want to subscribe to the premium content, which is where all the good shit is, pop in the code BENJAM in all capital letters, B-E-N-J-A-M, and you'll get 20% off, which makes it like £3.33 a month. It's so good, such good value. And you'll be supporting the podcast and myself in the process. You can also help by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a little five-star review. You can find me on Instagram at BenJam and also BenJam.uk is my website where you can check out my prints. I've got some photographic prints for sale. I've also written a couple of blog posts and you can pop your email in the newsletter thing and stay up to date. Censorship free, I suppose. That might be where we're going in this apocalyptic season of life on Earth where email lists are the only way that we can communicate because big tech has deplatformed and censored all of the truth. Anyway, let us not go down that rabbit hole. Pop your email in there and I'll send you some nice little bits of pieces of news. In fact, I probably won't send you anything at all because I'm not very good at it yet. I am working on it though. Anyway, thank you for listening to this podcast. You've made it right to the end. That means you are enlightened. Thank you.